everybody, my name is Mel LaFera, and I welcome you to this special AstroCast for the new moon in Aries. Now, the new moon is going to be at 4 degrees and 12 minutes of Aries, and it's going to take place on Tuesday, March 24th, 2020, at 2.28 a.m. here Pacific Time, if you're on the Pacific Coast. And I am deeming this new moon uh, courage through crisis, because we all know what state we are in the world right now. And it's so interesting with Aries season in the beginning, you know, we just reached the zodiacal new year um, on the 19th when the sun moved into Aries. Uh, but really this new moon point in Aries, and it's at the, you know, pretty soon to the beginning. Sometimes it's at the end, but you know, we're kind of right in Aries season and we're right ready to go and seed into this new moon. And so Aries energy does naturally come with this you know, new beginnings, uh, maybe where there is crisis and it asks us to, uh, you know, step into our independent initiative, be ready to try something new, uh, have the courage, uh, have the will, uh, have the, you know, the orientation to action, um, and the kind of that passion to fight. And I don't mean that in a way that is aggressive or combative, although it can be sometimes, and we might find ourselves in that lower side of Aries. But when we are using that high side and stepping into what the self can do with, you know, purposeful action and having the um, confidence and the courage to start anew. Uh, you know, this is that point of spring and new beginnings, at least here in the, you know, the Northern Hemisphere. But even in the Southern Hemisphere, as fall comes, that's a new beginning in its own right because the cycles change. And so, um, you know, just know that there is a reward to being bold uh, in these next 30 days uh, for the most part. Um, now you might have to temper that boldness depending because obviously uh, Aries energy can be a little rash too. And we are in when you, times of crisis, you know, people come from a more instinctual or maybe gut place. And so being able to find, you know, that kind of that logic and that reason within what the instincts are saying or where the ego is driving us may be the challenge um, of this particular lunation. And especially since Mars, you know, Mars is large and in charge, both for this, um, you know, new moon, but the upcoming full moon too. And later in the year, and how this whole new moon is actually going to progress in the six-month cycle. So just keep, you know, keep in mind that Mars is strong. Now, the lunation itself at four degrees and 12 minutes of Aries is going to take place in the bounds or the terms of Jupiter, you know, so it does have that uh, agenda of moving us forward. Um, and it's in the face of Mars. And Mars, you know, it, it has that martial quality to it, even if it didn't already, you know, it's kind of extra Mars. So let's dive into Mars because Mars speaks to much of what is going on and probably why we feel the way we do uh, and are acting the way we do. And so our new new moon ruler is Mars in Capricorn. Now, Mars has been in Capricorn since, uh, I believe, around February 20th, somewhere in there, I think it moved in. But right when Mars got into Capricorn, it basically ignited all the eclipse energies of uh, that had taken place um, on December 26th, and then again on January 10th with our lunar eclipse. But what's really important is that that solar eclipse that took place on Christmas, you know, Christmas night if you're here on the Pacific coast, but most people felt it, uh, you know, on the 26th of December. 
And so Mars being in Capricorn since that time has activated that eclipse agenda. And what makes this new moon so powerful is that not only Mars, which I'm going to dive into a little bit more, but we have to keep in mind that the nodal axis and what gives us these eclipse points and these, um, you know, these portals that we move into uh, new energy and, you know, the growth of humanity and the world at large of any living creature kind of moves into this, uh, you know, turning point of a territory. And so the Aries cycle, because of our nodal access being in, uh, you know, the early degrees of Cancer and Capricorn, is basically triggering um this turning point of destiny. Um, and there's a lot wrapped up into it, highlighting the nodes here. And we already knew this particular lunation was going to be kind of the turning point of the eclipse story for 2020, at least in the first half. But wow, we didn't know um, just how potent <laughs> that was going to be. So put that in your pocket. I'm going to come back to that, but I just wanted to um, emphasize how important this particular new moon is in uh, what it is setting us up for uh, for all of 2020, really, and all of the work that we've done so far uh, with the eclipses in this area to begin with. Okay, so back to Mars. So Mars in Capricorn, um, as I had said, uh, you know, is very strong. It's an exalted position. You know, Mars likes being in Capricorn. Uh, it likes taking care of business and being on Saturn's, you know, another malefic's territory where it can uh, get the job done and, uh, you know, work within organizational systems and, and, you know, set things up. And so there's a, there's a strong um, architectural um, energy going on. Uh, and Mars itself has just been, you know, it just went through a cluster of conjunctions with Jupiter, you know, the planet that moves us forward uh, and, and challenges us to, like, go beyond. Uh, with Pluto, you know, the just a couple days prior, Pluto, and Pluto is all about change and possibly destruction and where we feel, you know, that there's bottoms falling out of areas of our lives. Um, and not just areas of our lives, we see that happening in the world here as we're in this crisis. Um, and then after this new moon takes place, Mars will then go on to meet in with Saturn in conjunction uh, in the early degrees of Aquarius, which is a different type of energy. But Mars's movements are so important, not only for this virus, um, which I did highlight in that Radiant Astrology podcast that I did with Christina Caudill last week, and I am working on more information around that because I really find the Mars cycle quite fascinating within what is taking place here in this epidemic. But keep in mind, you know, this our new moon ruler is this super strong Mars who's going through conjunctions, you know, fusing towards new beginnings with growth um, and growth in, you know, the societal realm. Because this is all taking place in Capricorn, in business, in finance. And we see, you know, Mars is a destructive planet. And, uh, you know, it, it really is. Sometimes destruction's good. We have to keep that in mind that, you know, sometimes just destroying something is actually the best thing we can do. But it does bring chaos. And before we get the order that we're looking for, we have to go through uncertainty, uh, through the destruction and not knowing. And that's a lot of what people are dealing with right now is the not knowing. How long is this going to be? How long am I going to be in my house? You know, and there really isn't, you know, there is not a manager that we can call uh, in the skies to come give us that answer. And some, sometimes we have to sit with uncertainty and know that 
there's a new era beginning, uh, and it is going to be dynamically different in many ways. And dynamic is a great word because this is a cardinal new moon, and not to mention Mars is in a cardinal sign itself in Earth. So we have cardinal, movable, initiating fire, uh, which is strong divine masculine energy, right? That is, the masculine energy is quite strong. But then we have this cardinal Earth uh, that is facilitating the same new beginnings uh, and initiations, but more within a feminine space and being receptive to those things. And then Mars's agenda. Because like I said, Mars can be very destructive, but within the destruction, we have our proper use of will to rebuild. And I think that is what these new cycles really are. And I've been talking about it for a long time about, you know, foundations and bottoms falling out uh, and so that we can rebuild. And so here we are with that. And it's not going to be an overnight process by any means. Uh, and Mars and Aries energy can be super impatient. And so one of the things through this whole um cycle of, you know, this lunation cycle is dealing with the idea of patience um, and knowing that you can't just act if you don't have a plan. You know, what's the larger picture around this? How is this all changing? What was before uh, that's now falling away? And I can't necessarily build off that, but there is promise going into the future. And so we're at this just just so much point of new beginnings um, and new cycles taking place, yet trying ones. And, you know, and, and that's the thing is that, yeah, Mars can just be a bit, a bit heavy, you know, it like reaps through. It's like the crop, you know, <laughs> the cro- it's the cutting, it comes through and it's like kind of the machete and it's leveling off certain areas. Um, and it can feel, you know, overwhelming, but Keep, and, and let me just emphasize how important Mars is. Not only that it's the new moon ruler, but it is going to be very active for this whole cycle. Like I said already, that it's moving to uh, a Mars-Saturn conjunction, which is starting a whole new action cycle around long-term planning. Um, but it's usually kind of heavy when it happens because something comes down and we already know that we're waiting um, for news and we're waiting for what's going to be next. Um, and I'm hoping that happening in Aquarius will will allow us to, um, you know, push forward through some scientific innovations around, uh, you know, what we're in experiencing here uh, with this disease, because that's the thing. It doesn't have a cure. It doesn't have something to treat it. And so that's a nice kind of blessing with Mars and Saturn, you know, being in this area is that it might be able to have these scientific innovations that we need uh, going forth, but it also can help reform societal structures. And we can see those breaking down through these new Mars cycles that are happening with Jupiter and Pluto. And so once, you know, we realize that we're breaking down, then we have to rebuild and get clever and innovative. And luckily, Aquarius and that higher perspective of, you know, societal organization can hopefully help us move forward there. And, you know, in this chart too, we have Venus, who's kind of got some softening energy from Taurus here too. So I don't want to scare you too much. Um, But know that the, the martial agenda is definitely at play. Also keep in mind that this is, you know, this new moon is, when we have a new moon, it builds six months worth of energy until we get to the culmination of the uh, the full moon in this sign, um, you know, in the opposite side of the zodiac. And so do note that there is foreshadowing here in this cycle uh, as that full moon in Aries that's going to happen during Libra season uh, on October 1st, um, you know, 
we're going to be right in the middle of the Mars retrograde cycle that's going to happen in Aries uh, during the fall. Um, and we're going to, Libra season is really going to highlight that. Um, and, you know, well, Libra and Scorpio, but the, there's there's a lot tied up in the Libra season. So know that, you know, what's taking place now is actually still going to manifest and culminate and get to this really sensitive point, especially with Mars retrograde coming up at the end of the year. So so there there is that. And that adds to the importance of how we're using our energy and our action in this particular moment, because um, that's important to look at right now. You know, are you taking individual individual responsibility for how you're directing your life? And especially within the confines of the society that we now find ourselves in, uh, and the uncertainty that lies there. And so we can't all be out for ourselves um, for everything, but in some areas, we still have to be out for ourselves uh, just to direct our lives into the next channel that it, it you know, that fits it. And because this is a point of new beginnings, it always is, but it's just in even more intense um, than, you know, years in the past. And, you know, Mars is also, you know, foreshadow for the upcoming full moon that's going to be on April 7th. That's when Mars is going to square Uranus um, from that point of uh, Aquarius. After it has met Saturn in conjunction, it's going to square Uranus. And that is, you know, that is a whole other foreshadowing of cycle, too, because in 2021, early 21 early 2021, um, we're going to experience uh, Saturn squaring Uranus. And, and that's, you know, that's a big point of these grand conjunction cycles that are moving, you know, are the structures of society into a whole new uh, era of, of innovation um, and, and change and what needs to kind of be liberated and freed in order to kind of level up. And so we're going to get a precursor at this coming coming full moon. And so really these first two weeks, I guess if what I'm trying to say here is these first two weeks of this lunar cycle is so important in so many ways um, for foreshadowing and the upcoming, um, in, and what we're trying to wax to completion once we get to uh, October 1st later in the year during that Mars retrograde cycle. And if you want to look back to, you know, uh, that upcoming full moon on the with that Mars-Uranus component is going to be a, a wrapping up of a Libra cycle that initiated back on September 28th of 2019. So, you know, we always have the new and the, the waxing and the culmination and stuff, but there's just added energy to all the cardinal dynamic because cardinal energy is pivot points and really gets the party started. All right, that's a lot on Mars, um, but Mars really had so much to say. <laughs> now, also of note, we have the sun and the moon uh, conjuncting Chiron in these early degrees of Aries. And also, I already you know kind of put in your pocket earlier is that this is taking place at the bending of the nodes, this midpoint activation point of the, you know, that destiny-inducing nodal axis. Um, and so this is a turning point that is facilitating some larger choices in life. Because Chiron, here's the thing, is Chiron, you know, we hear him as the wounded healer. Um, 
And that's it can possibly open up wounds, and especially wounds around assertion uh, in what the self needs or in even being selfish and, and egoic and how that might hurt you in the long run. Um, but we can also create uh, new, you know, we might be taking on new wounds at this time that are, you know, festering in given our current circumstances. Yet there is always healing to be found with Chiron when we address what is painful or what's hurting us. And especially in Aries, it could be through, uh, you know, the channels of courage and self-will and being ready to assert yourself towards the new beginnings that await because we know that we're here. We're stand- we've been standing on the cliff. We've been coming to this edge of this cliff for so long. And here we are um, in society, but also in our own lives because I'm noticing how many people, you know, people are losing their jobs left and right. But what I'm noticing is that people aren't necessarily panicking per se. It's more like they're being enlightened and they're like, oh, well, now I know what to do with myself. Now I know that I've had this time to slow down and get in touch with, you know, who I am. And this, you know, old pathway is is drying up. I now see what's most important to me and what I've needed maybe this whole time, but didn't have the courage or, you know, the just the world kind of pushing you down that path in order to uh, start on that new beginning. And sometimes there's still pain around that, though. Like, maybe we have to make a choice uh, that sends us down a new road, but that doesn't mean that choice is all, like, you know, bells and whistles and stuff. It may come at a price of losing something else in the process. So, There is that chironic element, but I think of whatever we go through, and especially during this cycle, we are going to find wisdom on the other end um, of our choices. Now, in... I said earlier that Aries is the freshness of the zodiacal new year. And there, and we talk about Mars making all these conjunctions, but Saturn just moved into Aquarius too. So Saturn is initiating this whole new energy. This structural energy is moving from the density, um, you know, and limitations of Capricorn, uh, you know, in the real world, in the finance and our our jobs and our, you know, our work energy. And it's moving to that societal realm. Um, And, you know, we already have the tagline social distancing, which is so, you know, Saturn in Aquarius. Not the whole time. Don't think, I don't think it's going to be all Saturn and Aquarius as we can't, you know, be next to each other. I don't think that's going to be the case personally. Um, But it is interesting that it starts out that way. Um, and remembering, uh, you know, and, and it's just a point of seeing through our limitations of not being able to connect with one, one one another in a physical space, you know, how connected we can still be even if it's in this kind of virtual realm that we're doing right now. Um, now, Saturn, too, Saturn is a point of authority. Uh, and if we need, you know, like I said earlier, these new innovations around uh, helping these diseases not to flourish, you know, if we need new um, vaccines or we need uh, uh, new points of technology in order to work with the changing world, you know, there's a lot of reformative energy here. Um, And so we're just getting situated in that. And, you know, Saturn's going to go back into, uh, is going to go back into Capricorn on July 1st. So we're kind of just touching our toe in this area. But if it's seeding into a new moon and we're at zero degrees of Aquarius, where Saturn sits on the point, it's going to conjunct Jupiter later in the year to start a whole new, like, whole, whole new cycle. We get that foreshadowing once again. So 
I'm saying this to add extra importance to why this 30-day period is so dynamic uh, in the switches and turns that are going to take place within 2020 and the early part of 2021. Uh, Now, there is also, um, and like I said, too, that Mars square that's going to be on the full moon is highlighting, you know, the Saturn square uh, with Uranus that is set for February 2021. So we're just pulling back to this bigger view, you know, because if we get that bird's eye perspective and we're not mired in the moment and just moving from the lizard brain at all times, we can get, you know, pull back enough to really use this time to architect our lives and put our energy towards things that matter and setting ourselves up, albeit patiently, for better conditions down the road. Now, better conditions. Let's talk about Venus. Venus and Taurus is trining in to, uh, you know, she's she's touching down with Mars there. She They're doing their own dance, which is a whole podcast in itself. Um, but, you know, she's trining into Jupiter. She's trining into Pluto. And so, you know, she's trying to give us those silver linings. She's trying to, um, you know, show us possibly that, you know, the beauty of slowing down. That's what Taurus is great at. And Venus too. She kind of wants to just kick it. Um, So the beauty of slowing down and really finding joy in the simple pleasures of life is one of the best things I think you can do in this whole cycle. Because if we forget those things, and especially as, you know, here in California, we got bars that can't be open. We can't gather in event spaces. All the things that essentially have brought us joy those Venusian components are being, you know, torn away by all that Mars and Saturn energy there. Uh, but we have to find it. We still have to find it in ourselves. Uh, we have to find it in our the people that are still closest to us and that we, you know, are probably hunkered down with. Um, and so really stepping into that, that Venus and, and being able to slow down and see what is really valuable in your life um, in order to fixate on that moving forward, you know, because she's in Taurus and that's a fixed earth sign and it wants to have stable, you know, it wants to open up to a stable sense of uh, value and purpose. And those are flowing with changes and new growth with that Jupiter-Pluto con- uh, trine that's taking place. Um now, that can also be hopefully helpful in the government aid issue or, um, you know, because uh, there is talk of people finding relief through certain money being given out from the government or, or you know, those kind of Saturnian and Capricornian, um, you know, societal structures that we have. And so that might be a part of this coming uh, cycle is that we're going to see maybe that financial aid. Now, that doesn't necessarily change all the infrastructure that needs work uh, past that point. But we could get that gift in order to make it towards this particular moment. And there's a lot of energies that are seeding into this lunation that are past effects, you know, right before the the new moon. Obviously, I already said the Mars conjunctions with Jupiter and Pluto. So those were big. You felt that. Actually, we went on lockdown here in California right as Mars was conjuncting uh, Jupiter, on Friday, uh, last Friday, and uh, the ascendant of the moment was at 22 degrees of Virgo, trining right into that conjunction that was taking place as the as our governor Gavin Newsom made that announcement. And so, you know, astrology is always right on time, but that is a lead up. That's a precursor to everything we have to deal with, at least here in California. And I know that other t- states are taking, you know, following suit, but we're going to, um, you know, 
that is a seeding moment. That is part of what we're experiencing over this next 30 days and beyond. Now, we also have Venus that was separating from uh, Neptune and Mercury separating from its last sextile with Uranus, which was a three-part deal over the last couple months based on Mercury's retrograde cycle. Um, So there is, you know, we're flowing with being open to kind of taking a step back. Venus, you know, sextile Neptune. Neptune kind of dissipates energies. Venus and Taurus doesn't necessarily want to do too much anyways. Um, So there is that and kind of stepping in that. Uh, And Mercury separating from the sextile with Uranus, you know, and just opening our minds and our perspectives uh, to the different world that is now changing and where we are being awakened. And kind of that enlightenment I was talking about before, how even in times of hardship, maybe the enlightenment that comes through it, um, you know, enlightenment that comes through sorrow uh, is just as valuable. So sometimes when we go through these painful moments or these unfortunate turns of events, you know, and call it that idealist or that believer in me, but there, it's always leading us to something better. Um, but we have to work with the energy and stay hopeful and, and positive in that particular moment. And I'm hoping that Mercury and Uranus, having just met before this, helps give us that fresh perspective in order to do so. All right, that was a lot to talk about within <laughs> within that uh, new moon. I hope you stayed with me on that. Um, but now I'm going over to the tarot correspondences. And I don't think I said this at the beginning, and I should have, but there is a chart for the new moon, and then there are also the tarot correspondences and pictures over on my uh uh, my blog on energeticprinciples.com, which if you're listening to this uh, through a podcast forum, you'll be able to get to there by a link in the uh, description of this episode. Or of course, maybe you already found it and you're listening to it direct there. I digress. But so let's talk about those tarot correspondences because uh, there are two four card combinations that I would like to look at. One is the Two of Wands, the Tower, the Emperor, and the Queen of Wands, which are representing where the Sun and the Moon and Chiron are uh, all seeding into that new moon conjunction. And then we have, for our Mars, Jupiter, and Pluto energy, we have the Four of Pentacles, the Sun, the Devil, and the Prince of Swords. Now, I really do want you to go look at these images, um, especially the deck by, uh, you know, the Tabula Mundi deck, which I use. It's my go-to deck uh, from uh, Mel Moline. I cannot recommend this deck enough if you are, uh, you know, a tarot slanger. But just looking at those images, you know, I think you're going to be able to be like, huh, okay. You know, like, (laughs) if you're, especially if you're a visual person. But let's talk about the two of wands, the tower, the emperor, and the queen of wands as that new moon. Well, the two of wands and the, the decan that the new moon is in is, you know, this is the card of dominion. This is Mars's card. Mars in Aries, um, you know, it is his its card. And so it has an extra martial uh, energy to it to begin with, uh, which is represented by the tower. And we know that the tower is a force that breaks down structures. It's when things are turned upside, you know, like we're getting shaken all over the place uh, and old structures are crumbling um, and we are being forced uh, to some extent to, you know, jump out and, and find what is next to be built past that point. So Tower does bring that that energy of crisis. And the Two of Wands, is, you know, when you think of dominion, we also think of will, because that's what 
That's what Mars does. Uh, and so in times of crisis, uh, we need the will of the two of wands, but we also need that emperor energy. And the emperor is about, um, you know, coming from a place of logic and reason and uh, you know, direct action-oriented energy to help stabilize things and to use leadership skills um, within our own lives. You know, you have to be the leader of your own life because no one else, uh, if you let other people direct you, you know, that's an issue in itself. Um, but, you know, you have to take responsibility and responsibility comes with leadership or leadership comes, uh, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> So there's this element of will uh, within the form of crisis and having to reorganize or organize things into a stronger stability that's going to take uh, need leadership and, and right action. And then add the Queen of Wands to that. And the Queen of Wands, she is, you know, she has goals. She has a, a line site that she's going for. She has a lot of passion honoring our passions right now through this cycle, despite what's going on in the world, you know, because we get this passion hit um, that if we are building from scratch and we're starting, you know, fresh and new, then why not have it based in what we're passionate about and what lights the heart up? Uh, and that's really what the Queen of Wands, that's her agenda and what she likes to protect um, about her agenda. So, here we have all that, you know, all that taking place. And so there's a lot of power to it, but there's also destruction and there's crisis uh, and there's the need for uh, solid leadership uh, in your own lives and hopefully in, in the world. And because we are looking for that um, as a society. So now we're looking at Mars and, and Jupiter and Pluto, but especially Mars, because Mars is the driving factor for this new moon. And so we see that four of pentacles or four of discs, you'll see it in the cards that I shared, um, surrounded by the sun, the devil, and the prince of swords. Now, the four of pentacles, this is a point of power. This is a point, a point of earthly um, and kind of financial stability. But the, you know, that's the high side of it. But it's also, you know, we can't live in this space. So a lot of times this card comes about when we might be holding on to things that are no longer, uh, you know, worth you know, our, us holding on to or we're staying stuck or stagnant Um and not being able to move forward. Uh, and, and the devil, you know, on one side, you know, the idea of bondage or chains or especially fear, you know, because that is a very prevalent um, energy that is, you know, ricocheting around the world right now is fear and being able to look through that, you know, is it, you know, sometimes you need to be fearful of things, you know, we were fearful of a hot stove because we know if we touch it, um, we are going to get burnt. But, there's a difference between being fearful and being aware. And I think this is where the, uh, the you know, kind of the back and forth of the sun on one side and the devil come in, is that we have the fear and the bondage of the devil, but we have the awareness and the consciousness of the sun. And so rather than being fearful about something uh, and operating from that, that kind of fight or flight ego place, which is so easy for Mars and Aries energy to do, why don't we step back and be aware of something? And, and it's okay to be aware and conscious of something without being fearful of it, um, and even if what we are aware and conscious of is the fact that we are uncertain and we don't know, you know, it, it, just be aware of what that is. So that's kind of what uh, the high side of, of how I'm seeing this card is that, you know, hold on to what you need to, but also don't hold on to what you don't need anymore, especially if the tower uh, in the, is kind of destructing things over in that new moon position. Um 
And to add the Prince of Swords to this too, because this is actually the shadow Deccan of the Prince of Swords. Um, and we have to watch for these kind of unyielding characteristics of, of the prince as he tries to kind of clutch onto power and control. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's better to admit defeat uh, where necessary and turning to innovation to find solutions and new ways of being, uh, particularly through that lens of logic and reason, uh, which the emperor can help with too. And so, you know, that's the high side of moving through this. But of course, um, we have to be realistic with a lot of these conjunctions and high energy at play in a world in crisis is that we might find that people are kind of doubling down on the old or trying to protect it at any cost or saying what they can to protect it at any cost um, to keep themselves in a point of power and control over other people. Um, and so this will be a big test for uh, the government in the United States, but also the governments of any nation as we go through this crisis. And it'll be a test of their character uh, in the forward progress and leadership of society of whether or not they're going to, um, you know, successfully maneuver uh, the, these energies. Because if you're kind of trying to hold on and be too conservative, which is so easy to do right now, given the particular energies and Mars's agenda, we're just going to find that we're just in the same place and we're, you know, we're grasping at old straws, basically. Um, so I would say, you know, use your will to your finest. Destruct where you need to, or if you're in destruction, grab those reins of leadership. Follow your passion. Stay with your goals. Um, don't make it all about yourself, but also do for yourself when you need to. Um, and don't get stuck. And don't hold on to, you know, power and control that's no longer there because sometimes your life, you know, there's a lot of things in life we don't have control over. We don't have a single bit of control over, but we always have control of ourselves, right? That's very Aries. That's very Cardinal Capricorn. So take control over yourself uh, and what you can do um, to move forward uh, into this new beginning rather than trying to control everything that's around you that is not within your power. All right, <laughs> moving on to the Sabian symbol. This will probably be a little bit of a long broadcast, but there is a lot to say. So the Sabian symbol uh, we have is five degrees Aries, which is a triangle with wings. I kind of loved this symbol. <laughs> um, and the key word, word is zeal, and the theme is enthusiasm. And so, you know, just thinking of the two keywords, you know, zeal and enthusiasm, we kind of get a lot of an energy to this cycle, right? There's kind of like a, a point of like attack and like go with this new moon. But I mean, it's Aries new moon. Duh. Of course it's going to be to some extent. But I love the idea of the triangle because a triangle is a very spiritual shape when you think about it. You know, the point of three just in general has that spiritual, uh, you know, just kind of that universal quality. You think of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, you know, just thinking about that in religion or, or Christianity. And, uh, you know, you see that point of three. So, and threes are, you know, this is creation. And especially we have a triangle, the spiritual shape, that has these creative energies and it has wings, you know, <laughs> I love that. So, you know, perhaps we can kind of rise above with our wings here. Um, although there may be, you know, moves to refuse certain limitations as our zest for living is challenged by the current pandemic crisis, right? Because that zeal and the enthusiasm we want to feel with this new moon um, is layered in limitation. And so we have to rise above that, but we also can't ignore that either. 
But the nice side thing to the triangle is that it's a really strong shape uh, because it has, you know, the three sides uh, has a flow to it and a movement because three, you know, any odd number has more kind of chaotic and, and creative energy to it versus the even numbers um, that have more of kind of a stability uh, and, and a receptive quality to where it, it, it kind of chills out, basically. Um, so here we have this point of creation um, and movement, uh, but there's also strength there because it's connected, it's three-pointed, and so we are strong and we're in the flow, uh, and we have this inherent strength. And I think with the wings, we have that strength paired with perspective, which is really a solid position to begin anew with. So I really liked our triangle with wings. So if you're an animator, uh, draw me a triangle with wings. I better be adorable. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, to stay up to date on the micro and the macro of the day-to-day, you know, consider signing up for my weekly audio cast that uh, is on Patreon and is delivered every Sunday morning, um, where I keep you in the know for the week ahead, uh, down to the nitty-gritty, along with tarot cards and animal, you know, our animal ambassador and my Ask Mel segment. So if you want to sign up for that, you can do so for as little as $5 per month over at energeticprinciples.com backslash, no, just kidding, patreon.com backslash energeticprinciples, although energeticprinciples.com will get you there. Also, a quick note um, that my Aries Ingress uh, and Season episode is with Jack Marsh is up on the podcast. So if you haven't listened to that yet, we go fully into uh, what this Aries season looks like from our best vantage point when we recorded it. <laughs> um, and I also did a broadcast with uh, on Radiant Astrology podcast with Christina Caudill, where we covered uh, the Aries Ingress, but also uh, spent a majority of the time on the COVID-19 pandemic. So you can find out more about that over at radiantastrology.com. Now, if you're looking to learn, my Astrology Basics course, Learning from the Ground Up, is starting up on online on April 2nd. So I've moved it. It's no longer taking place locally in San Diego. It is moving online so all can partake. So, you know, have you been looking to get a solid foundation to build your astrological studies off of? Well, if so, you know, come on down and join us because that is the goal of this first course. Now, we will be meeting for four weeks on Thursday. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time or 4 p.m. Pacific, which I believe is 10 a.m. Uh, Aussie Time on uh, Friday mornings. Um, and even if you can't make it, the live class will be there uh, with replays to watch along with other goodies to partake in, you know, handouts and quizzes and stuff like that. Uh, so to find out more about signing up for the Astrology Basics course, you can go over to my learning portal over at learningthestars.com. And of course, I'll give a link to that in the details for this uh, broadcast. All right, everyone. Well, I am wishing you new moon blessings in this uh, really dynamic period of humanity of the, you know, the 21st century. And I really do thank you for listening. Uh, And as always, may the stars be with you.